0: Article 6, in spite of the fact that it doesn't create a market, it has become known as the, the market's article. And as being the market's article, it's markets have always, for environmental products, have always been somewhat controversial in certain circles.
1: This is an episode of the podcast series on Climate, brought to you by the Climate Area of the Florence School of Regulation. Welcome everyone, I'm Albert Ferrari, Research Associate at FSR Climate. This podcast will focus on the opportunity and the challenges to implement the Article 6 of the Paris Agreement. I have the pleasure to welcome André Marcou, Founder and Executive Director of the European Roundtable on Climate Change and Sustainable Transition. Welcome André and thank you for taking the time to speak to me. Thank you for for having me, always a pleasure to be back at the UI. It's our pleasure to welcome you. So the Article 6 is meant to enhance the ambition of the nationally determined contribution, the NDCs, which are national climate plans highlighting ambitions, targets, policies, and measures that the country takes as a contribution towards global climate action. So what are the different ways in which the parties to the Paris Agreement can engage in international cooperation under the Article 6? for the implementation of their nationally determined contribution?
0: Uh, thank you, Albert. Uh, the nationally determined contribution uh, are the building block, the, the fundamental building block of the, the Paris Agreement. They are nationally determined, both in form and how they expressed and the, the level of ambition that is being expressed. And that includes the metrics. Uh, how are they expressed in tons of CO2? Are they expressed into Amount of renewable energy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, the exact wording in the Paris Agreement is that Article Six should should allow for higher levels of ambition, which means that the contribution of Article Six should make it easier, in some way, for the parties to the Paris Agreement that are uh, engaging voluntarily in Article Six, to. Uh, to increase, to increase their, their level of ambition to increase their contribution to reaching the, the goals of the Paris Agreement. So in terms of how they can do this, the Paris Agreement, uh, Article 6 of the Paris Agreement specifies three ways. One of them is uh, through international cooperation, which is Article 6.2 to 6.3. And that talks about parties that uh, are cooperating with each other uh, and transferring uh, reduction mitigation outcomes, which is another word for reductions between parties. So a reduction that is produced in one country that is used by another country to meet its NDC. So it's very much about about how do you account for the transfer between countries. There are a number of conditions. It is very much done on uh, understanding and, and agreements, governance, which is ruled by the two parties with uh, the uh, supervision of the uh, United Nations uh, uh, under Article 62 in a couple of areas, uh, ensuring that it contributes to sustainable development, ensuring that it uh, it ensures the uh, environment integrity, and uh, what is very important, the avoidance of double counting. Uh, what that means is in a very simple way, it's a double entry ledger meaning that what one country uh, sells to another one cannot be used by the seller countries. So not two countries can use at the same time the same emission reductions. It's kind of a no-brainer, but I think these things needs, needs to be uh, written and, and uh, operationalized in the course of a international agreement. So this is a, if you want, the first part is a cooperation between parties and the parties more or less governance. The second way is is in Article 6.4, which creates a a new mechanism. Some people call it the Sustainable Development Mechanism. Some people call it Article 6.4 Mechanism. mechanism, What this mechanism does is essentially a protocol, a way for uh, parties under the rules of the UNFCCC. So in the first case, it's rules that are agreed by the two parties, and they're very transparent about it. In the second, in Article 6.4, there are a set of rules that are being written by the multilateral community under the framework of Article 6.4, which recognizes how you uh, how you measure, how you verify these emission reductions, again, that are produced in one country and then exported for sale, sold to another country to use their NDC. But in this case, the rules are very specific, they're very airtight. And they're written in agreement by the 180 countries member of the 180 uh, odd countries members of the Paris agreement so it's a matter of governance as to which one is there more freedom but more uh, if you want more responsibility on the parties the second one is uh, rules that are being set very strong a, a follow-up to the clean development mechanism if you wish from the Kyoto protocol there's a third piece to this article 6, 8, six69. Which talked about cooperation in non-market approaches. Uh, now, please note that Article 6.2 and, and Article 6.4 do not talk about markets. They are create a framework for the transfer of uh, reduction, mitigation outcomes, or reduction from one country to the other. But it doesn't create a market in itself. The market would be created by the countries participating in this. Uh, so these articles create a framework. Article 6.8. 6.9 talks about cooperation in ways that do not lead to a market approach. Now, how that that is defined, that is not it's yet a nut to be cracked because it's still something under debate.
1: Thank you. That's yeah very clear. Um, the three mechanisms that you identify are very important, and in fact, a study from AITA, um, UMD, and CPRC estimate that the Article 6 has the potential to reduce the total cost of implementing the nationally determined contributions by more than half, or alternatively to support the removal of 50% more emissions. And But despite these benefits, uh, almost six years after the Paris Agreement, the rules of the Paris rulebook for the implementation of this Article 6 are not yet agreed upon. So what are the main stumbling blocks in the negotiation process in view of reaching an agreement on Article 6?
0: Well, Article 6, in uh, spite of the fact that it doesn't create a market, uh, it has become known as the, the market's article. And as, as being the market's article, it's... Uh, markets have always, for environmental products, have always been somewhat somewhat controversial in certain circles. And uh, they raise a lot of, of issue for a number of, of, of people, some people in the civil society, some people in some countries uh, whose governments are not very, uh, uh, very supportive of market approaches. So these people have been extremely suspicious of this, if not outright hostile to the concept of if you're commoditizing uh, the environment, uh, the common, the common goods. Uh, So that's the, the, the starting point in, in, in this, Uh, that then led to also uh, trying to solve a lot of problems that had not been solved in the uh, rest of the Paris agreement on the back of, of article six. And now being the only, you know, it's a bit of a vicious circle because it's the last article that for whom the, 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 the rule book of the Paris Agreement has not been written. You operate the, you know, the the Paris Agreement and then we operationalize the Paris Agreement through the rule book and all the chapters had uh, have their own rule books and Article 6 is the only one now. If you have Article 6 left as the one who hasn't had a rule book, then you try to dump everything that had, you haven't solved in the other articles through Article 6. There are some fundamental issues, and they're not necessarily generally accepted. People focus on a number of things, which are very, if you wish, very, uh, pr- very concrete. Uh, you know, how do you do accounting for Article 6.4 in, in order to avoid double counting? There are different views. Brazil and others have one view. Uh, the European Union others have a different view. Whether you uh, this this uh, this mechanism contribute a, a, a uh, a share of proceeds, some some financial contribution to the uh, adaptation fund, uh, overall, you know whether they are an offsetting program or they have to lead to overall mitigation, there's a lot of, of things that way. But really, fundamentally, if you look at it, it's an attempt by some parties to look into this and move the needle, move the goalpost. I think that there has been, from the very beginning, NDCs were defined in a certain way, or some people understood NDCs to be defined in a way, and other people understood it, or they seem to understand in a different way. And that has deep repercussions of how you interpret Article 6. Do you understand NDCs as having to be defined only in terms of CO2 equivalent, or can you define it any way you want? Now that has a lot of implication that cascades in, in, in the indicators and the metrics in which you measure, in the in the in the metrics you do your accounting and all kinds of things like that. But way back, if you go upstream, you find that it's a philosophical debate as to whether it is in one metric, you know, one metric or any metric. Was it some people think the NDCs are targets? And some people think that NDCs are a collection of of actions that lead to those targets it's a subtle difference but it's a difference and if you think that it's a target then you look at what is additional as they say in this business meaning what counts as as not having happened in the absence of, of 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 the project in one way or another so all these you know there are some very deep philosophical debates i think that People uh, look at it as well. We have this, 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 problems that are, you know, we will patch them up. The question is, can you patch them up, or do you have to go back to the source of the problem, and solve your your deep differences, and then you can solve the other problems. My sense is that it's a very complicated story for people to go back to read this, reopen what was the initial agreement in Paris where, you know, these international agreements have you know people tend to paper over at the last moment many differences in order to reach an agreement. Say we'll deal with it later. So do you need do you want to go back and reopen this in order to get a clear understanding or you try to move on and try to continue to paper them over and try to find compromises. My bet is on the latter, because going back that would mean literally reopening the agreement and I I, I think that not too many people have a stomach for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that it's a complex uh, negotiation. There is some some are suspicious, hostile. And in fact, um, ERCST is playing a key role in facilitating this dialogue between the negotiators on Article 6, as you lead an uh, informal forum on the implementation of article 6 of the paris agreement so with this experience and with your perspective do you see a way to reconcile the different point of view and if so what would you recommend to italy and to the uk in clearing the way for an agreement on these issues for the next cop 26
0: i think that you're you're back to the the fundamental approach of the you know, volance, knowledge, you're back to the fundamental approach of the Paris Agreement, which is a bottom-up and top-down meeting somewhere in the middle, because the Paris Agreement is very much about a bottom-up. Everybody does and contributes what they can, and there's a top-down, which is the transparency part. Everybody has to report in the same way and be transparent in the same way. Now, if you, if you paraphrase that and trans, translate that into negotiating terms, I think what you need to do is you need to you need to come up from the political level and recognize the fact that you have some serious problems, while at the same time giving indication to negotiators as to how those political issues are being addressed in in order to unlock technical problems. There are as I said, there are it is always possible, and this is it is international negotiations or anything is possible, but it's always possible, you will be able to paper over these things at the technical level and and find some technical compromise and, and, and kind of be able to come up with an agreement. However, we tried us twice. We tried that twice in Katowice and in Madrid. And we haven't, we failed. Now we can try the third time and maybe in, in Glasgow and maybe it will work, or we can really recognize the fact that we do have some serious problems that need to be addressed, and then uh, and then uh, and then let the the technical people who do not have, I mean, they're smart people. Many of them, my colleagues and my friends, they're smart people, but they simply, in my view, do not have the authority to reach that kind of 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 if you want deep political decision. It's just the way it is. Uh, that's kind of the way I would, I, would, I would look at it. I think that that is a, a necessary, uh, the necessary approach. Uh, and I hope that it's being recognized.
1: Thank you, André. So now for the last question. In our Project Live Digit that supports EU and member state policymakers in deepening international cooperation on emissions trading, we often explain that carbon market integration can be developed without resorting to the mechanism of the Article 6, as they are not yet in place. But what would be the main implications of Article 6 for ETS linking?
0: Well, look, as I mentioned, Article 6 is a facilitator. I think it it provides tools. The market part is is something that parties, you know, part of the Paris Agreement countries will engage and will create those markets. In the case of, of linking, I think that the contribution of Article 6 is got to be in the issue of accounting. You have to be able to account of, you know, you have a Swiss EU link, for argument's sake, and you have things flowing back and forth, and there's going to be a netting at some point. You know, you have a million going one way and a million 1.1 going the other way, so it's a net of one how do you account this in your reporting to the UNFCCC? Because in the end, parties, you know, all these domestic things, those domestic uh, markets, all these linkages are done, presumably, in order to reach, to facilitate, there are tools to facilitate reaching the objectives that you have promised under the NDCs. And the question is, how do you do that accounting? And you can do it, but it doesn't have a UN, blessing at this point so the question is are you paralyzed because you don't have that blessing you don't have those rules or in the absence of rules you make the rules and then you declare them and 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 you move on you know there is in the as part of the the katowice uh, cop the cop in katowice a couple of years ago there was no outcome in Article Six, but there was an art. There was an outcome in in another part of the Paris Agreement, a piece that deals with transparency. And under that piece, there is some guidance, at fairly high level guidance of how to do accounting or how to re- do reporting rather. Some people claim that it's sufficient, and I can use that. And some people claim that. This is just a very high-level thing, and there's a lot of other a lot of other things that you need to to define. My bet, my bet is that it's going to be not a likely solution. You're not going to look at the dissolution of the Swiss EU, EU link because you don't have Article 6. It's just, I think it's unrealistic to think so. So I think we may end up in a in a world where people are going to do the best, with what generally understood whatever generally understood means you know what it's become an accepted uh, way be very transparent of how they do this uh this uh this transfers and the accounting for this transfer and move on but certainly it will be a a, a lost opportunity for the international community to play offered for the constituent of nation to come together and set up rules common rules for something that's the global common good and certainly it could be open to some abuse in some cases, you know, I mean, when if countries set up their rules completely on their own there, you know, I mean, there can be many, many ways you can do this, but it's not a desirable thing. So my bet is that it is, uh, it is desirable and, and probably important to have it, but I do not believe that it will sit in the way of, of, of linking if the political will is to go ahead and link. So. Once again, thank you for this insightful
1: conversation and for participating in our podcast series. We look forward to monitoring how the negotiations on Article 6 will develop on the way to Glasgow. And we hope that next time we'll have the occasion to welcome you physically in Florence.
0: Thank you very much, Albert. And then thanks to you and your colleagues at UI.
1: Thank you and stay tuned for a further episode of Spot on Climate.